Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And joining me is an old friend of the show, Red Rowdy Maya. She's one of the best Rockets fans there is. And she's witnessed a lot of Rockets over the years. And Maya, I just got to ask you, I mean, we, we've seen some bad times in Houston over the course of the last uh, couple of decades, but th- this has got to be one of the most surprising periods I've ever seen. Truly it is. Over the summer with the acquisition of Russell Westbrook and sending our older version of our porn guard, Chris Paul, to um, OKC, I was optimistic. I didn't see this coming, just to say the least. I didn't see this coming. I don't know why James Harden is shooting poorly and not communicating on defense. And I don't know what's going on. Um, The whole team was in a funk defensively. But today, tonight, they actually looked really engaged and played well up until the fourth quarter. It just fell apart, and I have no idea why. I'm sorry, I do know why, because James Harden shot us out the game, but I have no idea why he did that, is what I should say. <laughs> well, we, we I should say, we're, we're talking right after the Oklahoma City game, and they blew the 17-point lead in this one. Uh, we, we had the Lakers game over the weekend, which they looked good in the first half, and then it fell apart in the second half. Let me get to let me get right into where, where I'm starting to have some major issues. I said on the last podcast that it's time for D'Antoni to go, and my reasoning is this: Mike D'Antoni, his defense has been pathetic this year. They got rid of Bedzelik. I, I wasn't sure about why they got rid of Bedzelik, but he's gone, and the issue is. I don't think the offense has anything to do with D'Antoni anymore. It's whatever James Harden wants to do or whatever Russell Westbrook wants to do. They do. The offense is never going to be a problem if you got those two guys. But the defense is bad, and it's it's really bad. And, and I also feel like it's it looks like he's lost a team a little bit. Are you seeing this at all? Is, is he lost this team? Yes. I'm going to go on and say yes. I think he has lost a team. Because there are some, there are times when you see him call the timeouts, he is like very animated, and you could tell he's very uh, disturbed about what he saw defensively, offensively. He was not happy, especially defense. I don't really see him calling timeouts for offensive problems. I definitely see him calling timeouts when the defense isn't there, and they're looking very disengaged on the on the court. So that's when. I feel like they should be listening to him, but obviously they're not. They don't respond well when he calls a timeout and they go right back out there and just do whatever. So yeah, I'm leaning towards he is that that he has lost the team. It's kind of looking that way. I mean, it's one of those deals where I, I don't think you get anywhere if you replace him in the middle of the season, but I don't think you're going to get anywhere any anyways. I mean, I, I was listening to the broadcast and, Bill Worrell is talking about, well, we well, they need to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, just in case there's a tiebreaker between them and Oklahoma City. Well, we're not expecting Oklahoma City to be a top six team. So he's basically saying, Bill, War- Bill Worrell on the broadcast is basically saying, well, the Rockets should be worried about a tiebreaker between having the seventh or eighth seed and not having the seventh or eighth seed potentially. That's kind of scary at this point in the season. I mean, they were just in the two seed just a couple of weeks ago and now – you know, it looks like they're on a free fall, but I don't know if you if you're going to replace them. You're probably not going to do anything this year. But do you see 
them able to turn around this year at all with with Mike D'Antoni? Because I I feel like we've reached the peak of what he's capable of doing, and it, he it's like he needs a defensive coordinator, and without that, he's he's sunk, and, and there's no defensive coordinator that's coming in at, at this point in the season or anytime soon. And you figure that Tillman Fertitta wasn't joking about the fact that you know this was like a make or break year, and he didn't give him a new contract, so. You know, if you're going to get rid of them at the end of the year, you might as well get rid of them now, I guess. I can't process the the idea of getting rid of him now or getting rid of him at, at the end of the season. If you're trying to save the season, you would do it now. And I don't know why people say you get rid of him now, we would lose the team or we wouldn't. You don't know what, what new coach will come in and they may respond to him. Personally, I would love to see Calvin Sampson coaching the Rockets. He had a he has a close bond with James Harden, Eric Gordon. He is defensive minded. He definitely knows how to teach how to rebound because his team shooting bricks, and they are the toughest, grittiest rebounding team in the NCAA. I mean, he has attributes that we could really use, and I think because he's Tim Fertitta is pretty close with the U of H. I mean, it is the Fertitta building that they play in. It probably financially could work out. Yeah, he probably is big reason why Kelvin's got that contract and his money is all over that contract that Kelvin has. It just depends on whether he wants to risk losing maybe his Cougar basketball team this year at the expense of the Rockets team. But I want to also ask you, you're at the games. You see these guys probably more when the camera's not on them than we see them. What are you seeing from James Harden at this point? Because over the last few games, I've seen a guy that just on television that looks like he's not putting forth the effort. There's something going on with him. I don't know what it is. And this gets back to, we've seen this before with James Harden, where you feel like he just sort of takes games off or he takes uh, minutes off of a game. And, you know, he, he can be all happy about hey, look, I, I'm there every game. I, I play every game. But if you're not playing hard every game, I don't know what the point is because if you're not playing hard, the, the, the Rockets can't lose, can't win if you're out there. I agree. Um, his body language has been suspect at best the last few games. Um, he really doesn't look like himself. Like even two, three weeks ago, he looked a lot better. I don't know what it is. He's... Um, he might really be fatigued and just don't want to say anything about it. I mean, like, he really looks like he could benefit from a few days off. But whether he'll do it or not, like, he's a gamer, you know, as the things he'll say, I'm a gamer. I play, it's what I hoop, I hoop, I hoop. Okay, dude, but you're not at your best right now. And whatever's going on, we don't know what it is. It's definitely behind closed doors being kept a, a tight secret because no one can quite figure out what it is that's going on with him. Um, I don't remember him taking off that many games in the past. Like he was super human last season when we needed it. Like it was an 18 game stretch or whatever. Um, we were down and we made that big climb up the, um, the standings. We're going in reverse. We were in the top and we're going back down. So I don't know what's going on with him. Um, but what you see on camera is pretty much what it is because I have not seen him look engaged the last few games. Um, and it's really sad. It's it's sad because Russell is doing his very best to keep us engaged, uh, keep us in the game. And um, I'm glad Daniel Hall's got out of his shooting slump tonight. 
but um, the shot attempts that James Harden takes and make and misses, those are shot attempts that could go. The ball could be moved around. Some alley oop plays to Capella, a PJ Tucker uh, three or Macklemore or House. Um, those are shots that could be utilized. And for a team that's built on analytics, it is analytically the opposite to be taking bad threes, contested threes, and you bricking them. And then we don't have a good def- offensive rebounder. So the team, the other team is getting out and on the run. We don't play good transition defense. So they're coming right and hitting the paint and scoring quickly. And all that is in the matter of like 12 to 15, 20 seconds. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is a recipe for disaster. We can't keep taking those ill-advised threes and you missing them. And then everybody else is not getting a shot. James Harden is the problem. NBA is another one. Those are the two issues I think that the team has. And until they come to a con- uh, understanding that you're going to move the ball more. You're going to limit your three-point attempts. If you're not making them, don't be jacking them up. He had like five. I think in the first five or six minutes of the game. Okay, dude, why? Why does it take you that, that many shot attempts to get in rhythm? Somebody yeah. should ask him that. Somebody should ask that. Like, why? Why is that necessary? And I heard MDA after the game in the, in the post-game press conference and he said, well, you know, are, are you telling him to drive the ball to the basket more, to, to not take as many three-point shots when he, when he gets in those sort of funks? And, you know, MDA always says the same thing. Well, you know, the, James, that's why he's a great player. He knows what to do. Well, you're, you're his coach. I mean, I, I don't think Pop just goes, well, uh, let's roll the ball out, and I'm not going to say anything, and everything's going to be fine. I mean, that's your job as a, as a head coach. If if you can't do that, then why do we have a head coach? Why are you why are you even here if you can't talk to James Harden? That's what I'm saying. Like he can't get those shots up. I saw the quote. I, I mean, I, I listened to his um his answer. And guess what? He can't get those shots if he's sitting on the bench. Because if if I have a player who are is consistently taking some ill advice, this is not your night, homeboy. This is not your night to take all these shots. Uh, you don't tell them, hey, if you take two more and you miss and you sit on a bench. No, but you have to be in a coaching way. You got to save the rest of the team. We can't live and die by you because that's exactly what we're doing. And we're dying with your shot attempts that are not going through. You're not get playing defense. We, uh, Hey, we can get Chris Clemens out here to do that. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you feel like it, it, as James Harden – goes like not just offensively but with the amount of intensity that he has with his desire with how hard he plays is is that pretty much as he goes at the Rockets because it looks like when he's not out there giving full force effort then the other guys defensively a little bit they they're willing to give a little bit they're willing not to you know maybe try as hard stay in front of the in front of their guys it, it feels like what whatever's happening to him happens to the rest of the team Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, yes, it is. But I remember in the Memphis game that we lost uh, about a week or so ago, the team had made a uh, push and had a bit of a lead. Maybe it was a two-point lead, but they were playing well. They were hitting their threes. Austin hit one. I think Ben McLemore hit one or Eric Gordon hit one. They actually got the ball in rhythm, and they made some shots. What a thought. What a concept. Like, 
if you are sitting in the stands, you'll see James Harden coming, bringing the ball up the court. And I'll see McLemore in the corner with his hands out, like I'm ready to catch the ball. PJ, sometimes he's the same way. I think he didn't give, he's pretty much given up on it. But McLemore still thinks that he's going to get the ball, that you're going to pass him the ball. How many times can a player take that position and they don't get it? They don't get the ball. How many times do you think that's going to, how is it, that's going to erode to me? I think it's going to erode their confidence and their willingness to, 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 be there defensively, go after ball, fall on the ground, you know, for the rebound and stuff like that. I think that affects their confidence and their willingness to go the extra mile on the defensive end when you're not passing on the ball in rhythm. They want to they hit some threes. They want to feel the, that same joint enthusiasm that you feel, James Harden, when you hit the step back three. They want to feel that too with their shots, but you're denying them that because you're taking too many shots. My other issue with Mike D'Antoni, and, you know, there's a couple of them that I haven't discussed yet, but one of them is, look, if if James Harden's got to get you 40 points for you to be better than a mediocre team, you're not a good enough coach. That's true. That is exactly true. I don't know what the the role, I don't know what roles the assistant coaches play, um, but it just, it's like whatever, James does or whatever Russell does uh, offensively, if they passing the ball and everybody's hitting their shots, oh, things are flowing fine. But when we go through those scoring droughts, you don't call a timeout and draw up a, a play that would get us a quick two and maybe get the guys morale back up, get their energy back up. And that's a problem. And maybe the team, especially those who've been here, because Russell's a new, new kid on the block, literally, he doesn't – he has – they're, the other teammates are probably over MDA's coaching style. He's your coach is supposed to, your coach is supposed to help you in when you're in a bind, like draw up a play, take a timeout, help us regroup. I don't really see that. I don't see that enough. And the other thing is, look, if you got two MVPs on your team and you can't figure out how to score without one of the MVPs in the game. Like if James Harden has got to score 40 points and play 40 minutes a night, then you're not a good coach. Look, you, you got to figure out how to score, how to move the scoreboard, how to do things. When James Harden sits on the bench, he's got to be able to sit on the bench 12 minutes a game. And if he sits on the bench 12 minutes a game, maybe he doesn't have these stretches in the season where he looks either tired or hurt or whatever he's whatever's going on with him but but that that's that's a big issue for me with with Mike D'Antoni I'm just sick of PJ Tucker having to be out there for 40 minutes a game when PJ Tucker is old by NBA standards and James Harden is a 30 year old superstar he's not 25 he can't be playing 40 minutes a night that's not realistic and it's not necessary it shouldn't be necessary. And so MDA has a history of wearing down his players. He's like another Tom Thibodeau, in my opinion. He <laughs> he rides those six, seven, eight players, really six or seven, down to the ground. And that is not the that's not a recipe for success. Um we're kind of looking at you look at how the Warriors, the injuries that they've sustained, they were relied heavily on their starters last season. And look at how look how the injuries played out. Um 
we don't want our team to have to go 30, our starters having to go 38, 39, 40 minutes a game. What are you doing to develop the rest of your, your, your team? What is going on with their development and why can't they be utilized? Especially when we play like mediocre teams, which up till now we used to beat, but now we don't. But you need to find a way. You, your, uh, your coaching staff should have something in place where, okay, yes, Isaiah, you're going you're gonna to be the center tonight. And then play him the next few games so he can stay in rhythm and stay active and stay engaged because you never know what. We don't want to rely on Capella solely. We can't play PJ at the five anymore with with the success, with the expectation that we're going to actually win like that. Yeah, if you want to take down the minutes of PJ Tucker, uh, free Isaiah Hartenstein. I mean, here's the deal. I, this is what I don't get with the Hartenstein situation. You know, his his thing would be to tell me. Oh, well, we struggle on offense because we can't spread the floor out when Hartenstein's in the game. I don't know what the difference between that is and when Capella's in the game. I don't understand it. All I know is when Hartenstein's been in the game, he's rebounded, he's scored. And my point would be, who cares? At some point, who cares if you keep scoring? You know how to score. You've got a good offense. The problem is your defense and, and, and a Hartenstein with his size and his ability to rebound and limit teams to one shot. That kind of matters. And he hasn't been a bad defensive player at all. I think he's shown a lot of progress this year. He really has. Um, and most fans and even where most fans have, have, I mean, especially on social media, they're like, what is going on? Why can this, why can't he get unlocked from the bench? I mean, it's, it's pretty sad his reliance on small ball or his preference MDA preference for small ball. All of the teams that we face have at least three, two to three guys that's over six nine, six ten. That's main players on the court, and we're so undersized. You would, I would think, I, I would be excited to have someone that I can actually play besides Tyson Chandler or Broke Down Nene. You have an actual young athletic center who, when given the opportunity, has played well. What, as an organization, you should want him to have more minutes. Is it time to put a tombstone next to Eric Gordon's jump shot? Well, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Eric either. He's another one that needs a, a lot of shot attempts to get his rhythm. I mean, goodness, really, why? That's not effective. It re- you should drive more. He does well driving most of the time. Um, if you give him the space, he does well driving to the basket. And maybe he could start attacking more and then go back out to the three-point line. But it, it's just – and then teams right now are crowding our three-point line. They're actually not just so willing to give us these threes. Not all the time anyway. So where he likes to set up, is the top of the key and uh, a lot I see that he's been defended really well of late and so he's fallen into that contested three category with James Harden people know that you shoot threes from he probably needs to step back a little bit more and get a, um, a little bit further away from the uh, three-point line I think that's the problem that he's having he's not farther back he's not he needs to step back a, a 
a few inches. Because when he's on, um, when they're doing a shoot around and he's out there, he's not that close to the line. He's further back. And for whatever reason, he's not catching it back there and he's not moving back there to to create the space. And then that would, I think his shot would improve. He actually shoots worse close to the three-point line, which is kind of odd. You know, when you look at what Daryl Morey's done with this team over the years, it's been consistently relied on three-point shooting. But the problem is they never have a good three-point shooter. They never have a consistent three-point shooter on the team. He keeps bringing in guys that shoot, you know, mid-30s at best instead of bringing in guys that might be able to consistently hit 40%. Is is that something that is starting to frustrate you, or is that a conversation amongst the fans that you're around at the games? Well, yes, our lack of having a true shooter. I mean, we haven't had one um, in a while. Maybe they're hard to come by, but I see them on other teams. So I don't really know what the scouting department, what is, where is the breakdown in our organization, and why can't we make the moves that other teams are making to get better. Everybody's getting better. We're not. And I have no idea why. Yeah, that's that's a, a big part of it as well. Uh, Daryl, I'm just not happy at all with how he's constructed the team over the last two or three years, like waiting for guys to be available on the market, you know, late in the season to me is just not worked real well because you end up having no depth early in the season. And part of the fact that these guys play a lot of minutes is Mike D'Antoni's fault. But part of it is Daryl's fault because when you have a bench that's Nene's contract and the, the corpse of Tyson Chandler and, you know, a Gary Clark that you thought so little of that you let him walk and a Chris Clemens who is about four foot three and couldn't guard a post. I mean, you, you've got nothing there to, to go to if, you know, you're getting struggles from this guy or that guy, or somebody's not feeling, you know, you know, if PJ Tucker's having a night where, you know, he can't get his shot to fall, his shoulders hurting him. Uh, you know, he's 35 years old. You, you, you gotta have somebody else to, to be able to go to that's taller than five foot nine or, you know, a little bit more sprightly than the, aged although he you know he played well against Oklahoma City but Cephalosha has looked he's looked old most of the time I mean Daryl consistently comes in with just literally no bench beyond like eight or nine guys I mean I get yeah Gerald Green got hurt but that shouldn't totally destroy I mean there's you can have 15 guys on an NBA roster exactly and they should all be able to fill in and contribute like where's our athletic I mean we really got blessed with being like Macklemore. I mean, that was a, that was a, I mean, his, his progress has been wonderful. Um, but, but I mean, we can't, he needs more shot attempts. I, let's just say like the willingness to sit on the bench and acquire a player. They have to like hope that they can get two or three shots of you know five or six shot attempts a game. You can't really draw the 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 kind of people that we need until you change who is at the head of our team. And it's really not MDA; it's James Harden. That's not attractive. Iso ball, okay? It's just, just I don't care what the analytics say. It's not attractive. 
you know, they show that they can do other stuff. We're starting to, we're, we've seen some James Harden backdoor cuts with Russell Westbrook having the ball. Yes. That was nice. Yeah. That, that stuff we're, we've seen a little bit of that. It's not something that they, that they haven't tried or can't do somewhat, but it, it, it comes down to, you know, when, when, when they're struggling it just well give James the ball and he's going to go one on one and take a you know you know take a falling away three pointer even if he's one for twelve and it's that's just not you know if you know Mike D'Antoni can go well he, he's done it before yeah but we know the percentages usually it doesn't work. <laughs> well, they said even a broke clock is right twice a day. That don't mean you want to keep going and relying on that as your only source of time. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like. We as fans, especially the passionate ones, those who really pay attention to basketball, any really most novice people will say, "Why don't you have us? You have two seven footers sitting on the bench right now, and uh, these people are just relentlessly tacking the bench. Why don't you put a big in there to maybe at least deter them?" That's what we needed in the fourth quarter before the when before Capella was out there. You had PJ at the five, and you wonder why your lead disappeared. Come on. Do you think Daryl's going to be in any danger at the end of this year? I don't know. I really don't. I don't. I don't know. Something's got to change. Harden's not going anywhere. We know. We know. Dan Tony's the 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 really only axe to fall, unless Daryl's got some trades up his sleeve. And I don't know what they can get because they don't have a whole lot to give up at this point. And if you keep giving up first round picks. Not only do you not have a present, but you don't you don't have a future either. Yeah, I know. This is the truth. We need younger athletic players. And one or two of them could shoot pretty decently, at least 30, 33, 35 percent from the three. That would be nice. But it's just, it's just I didn't see this coming. I don't know if many fans did. We were really excited at the beginning of this season. And we knew it would take a minute for everybody to get acclimated, especially with Eric Gordon coming back really toward the end of December. But this stretch and the way we lost tonight to not a bigger team, we got out executed in the end. And that's really sad. This is rock bottom, right? I don't care. This is rock bottom. <laughs> yeah. No, it's bad. It's bad right now. And I'm anxious to see something Something has to be done in the next few days. And they can't just roll out there. Well, we're. this is what we're, you know, it's we can't panic and we're going to, get it to I think enough is enough with that maybe you you do a trade but if you do a trade right now it's going to be tough cuz you're kind of you're in a panic mode and teams are going to sense that teams already sense that <laughs> they really they sense it they realize when um you trap Harden early it frustrates him that's why he was kind of uh had that attitude in the Lakers game I mean he played all right in the first half I won't say that but he he really didn't have that it to me um as far as like competitiveness in the Lakers game and the stage was as bright as it can get so I don't I don't know what happened with him on that game the game before we know he was MIA um as far as defense when his shot is not falling I mean dude let's you gotta bring something else last thing I'll say and I don't know what you think about this but Calvin Murphy and a lot of people that cover the Rockets on Twitter said that Harden was out there on the court 30 minutes after the game, putting up threes. And Calvin said, this is Calvin Murphy talking, said, don't tell me that guy doesn't care. But 
I'm going to tell you what, Maya, they have a practice court. You don't have to make a show of going out there and shooting threes after the game. It feels like more of a show to me. The biggest issue, by the way, is not his three-point shooting on a consistent basis. The care part is about defense. And until I see that he cares about his defense, I still don't think he cares. Sorry, Calvin Murphy, but he doesn't care unless he starts caring about defense. Yeah, I feel like that was a PR stunt. Uh, because like you said, that practice court where no one is out there, and that's, I mean, that's what you have that court for? Come on, dude. That should have been you yesterday and the day before. I'm not impressed by that. Like you said, the defense. He had moments this game when he was playing pretty good defense. He did. But if I got to think about it, the, the 10 possessions out of 50 where you play great defense, that's not good. That's not good at all. I hate that other people have, you know, in my family have told me, y'all not going nowhere as long as you got hard. And, you know, you try and just ignore that and ignore that and ignore that. But the more I ignore it, the, the brighter that light shines on him where he is the problem. Him and the MDA. I don't know who to be more upset with. Because do, are you more upset with the child that misbehaves or the parent that don't know how to control them? That is, that's a perfect way to finish it off. It's at Rowdy Maya. Thanks. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. We're hoping that you're not going to be going out there in vain the rest of the year and these guys can figure it out. All right. Have a good night. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.